Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadkarni. Rohan, um, our brother, Chris Herring, has big-timed us for a story he's working on in Toronto. But all is well, because today is Friday. Uh, we are 24 hours from the start of the NBA playoffs, and, and life is good. How, how are you doing, good sir? I'm good. I don't know that I'm ready to move on from Herring big-timing us as quickly as you are. <laughs> um, he just says, ah, sorry, at Raptors practice, checked out of my hotel. You guys be good. Um, I was like, Yo, man, Classic, right. I checked out of my hotel excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A vintage, yeah. Out of respect it. Um, so you, you, everything is wonderful in your neck of the woods down in Florida these days? Listen, man, it's you know, the humidity is only going to get worse. You just have to lead into it. I, I will say, I, as someone who's described themselves as a fan of the play-in tournament, I'm ready for the playoffs to start. I don't like how long it takes for the playoffs to start. Mm, yeah, I think it builds the... the I, I like the time off. The, like, I, I needed a little break to take a deep breath before they start because they are... They're like a sprint plus a marathon tied into one it feels that way so like no, last night gotta, not having any games they was, need to was good they need me. to they need to play both conference games on the same night and just make the nine ten play a back-to-back like i'm sorry um that's your punishment for finishing as the ninth or tenth seed um you know i i don't like the hawks like they shouldn't be in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be really sad if the Cavs don't you're make the so, playoffs. You're so scared of the Hawks, but we're we're about to get into it. Let's. It's let's not. Start about, it's not really not about that. You're not gonna be bummed if the Cavs <laughs> don't make the playoffs. Let's. We'll, we'll we'll get into it in two seconds. Um, I I I mean today's show. It's it's no surprise. We're gonna be previewing every 
every playoff series to the best of our ability. Um, before we do a quick reminder to our wonderful listeners to please keep your emails coming, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Um, unfortunately, before we can start breaking down every playoff series, we have to quickly hit on the breaking news out of Los Angeles where Paul George has been ruled out of tonight's play-in game against the New Orleans Pelicans. We're not going to spend too long on this because by the time you listen to this, it could be tomorrow and it's completely where we're in the future slash the past. Um, does this matter? I mean, obviously, uh, yes, obviously this matters um, a great deal, but do you think that the Clippers can still win? Are you still picking the Clippers? Are you like, were you going to pick the Clippers anyway? Just what are your thoughts on Paul George not being able to, to compete tonight? I mean, it's definitely a bummer. I thought the Clippers were going to win that game against Minnesota. We didn't talk about the playing games in the aftermath, but the Clippers game planned so well for Carl Towns that once they played him off the floor, they didn't know what to do. I think they would have won that game if Carl Towns played the rest of the fourth quarter. Uh, That's how successful they were in slowing him down. So, I mean, I think they can win. I I definitely am probably leaning Pelicans now. I mean, CJ McCollum just looked incredible uh, in that game against the Spurs. The thing is, even if Paul George, you know, if the Clippers win this game, Paul George probably misses game one against the Suns now because of this. Assuming he's in for five days seems to be kind of the minimum during the protocols. So, yeah, it's just a bummer. I'm probably leaning Pelicans now, but frankly, I think whoever the Suns get, it's going to be a quick series, so I'm not too worked up about it. We don't know the particulars yet for how long Paul George will be out, but I'm going Clippers still. The game is in L.A. Uh, This team has been – it's not like they're not familiar with how to play Mm -hmm. without Paul George. They're still very good, still very confident, um, have a wonderful head coach in Ty Lue to really – The Bill Belichick of the NBA. The Bill Bill Belichick of the NBA. Um, So I'm still still going Clippers. You know, Luke Kennard, like, did not play in that first play-in game. I think that, you know – just a break in case of emergency six man of the year candidate right there coming off your bench. So How I, strange I, is that he was like, what are their best players for our stretch of the season? It's just, Bill, it's just Bill Belichick. That's, yeah. exa- that's exactly what it is. We're just yeah. going to bench one of our best players in a big game for no reason and not explain. Maybe he did explain. I didn't see, but, uh, but yeah, so the other play in game tonight, as you alluded to earlier is the Atlanta Hawks versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, another six man of the year candidate, is questionable to play, which is like a big bummer for Atlanta. John Collins is not playing. And Yo, John Collins was looking skinny too on the bench the other night. I, you want I, to I elaborate? I just, I'm, I'm like, I thought he was going to be back for one of these playing games. And I just wonder how far away he is from really playing. And I don't know, dropping into the middle of a playoff series is always tough. Um, yeah, I, I just was they sh- I almost didn't recognize him for a second. I was like, who's that skinny guy that kind of looks like John Collins? I don't know. I'm just it's interesting. John Collins, important player, not going to play. Jared Allen, also important player. Uh breaking news as we're recording this. He is going to play. He's in? Yeah, he, last he, I saw he was fifty fifty. That's awesome. He's in. He's in. Um just got the breaking news uh tweet alert. So you're kind of downplaying it for a tweet that literally just happened as we were recording. 
I like said it was breaking a, news. There was no reaction on your face whatsoever. And once someone's once someone's 50 50, once someone's questionable, they're going to play. That's how I, I've been following this league long enough to, to know that. Um, so I expected him to. It's still going to be really tough with the finger. He's a rim protector. Mm-hmm. He dunks the ball a lot like that's it's going to hurt. Basically, he's just having to pay, play through pain. Um, I wonder if he has a splint that will take away any jump shots potentially. So it's 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 tough for him. And I the, the game is in Cleveland. That's not great if you're the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they played really well at home. Not so great on the road. I'm still going Atlanta. And yeah, to answer your question from before, it would be a huge bummer if the Cleveland Cavaliers didn't make the playoffs, but their future's still bright. Um, uh, you know, making that Karis LeVert trade and then not making the postseason and not getting, you know, the taste of a seven-game series with your I mean, young they were talent. They so good stink. for so long of the year. Atlanta was so bad for so much of the year. They didn't finish that close in the standings. That This is like the one kind of downside. It would just be – it's not it's, – it's tough because I want Atlanta in the playoffs too. Like Atlanta's a good playoff team, but mm-hmm. – it just would be really sad if Cleveland didn't make it. Right. So, okay. Can we, so who's your, who, who are you picking? Are you picking the Hawks? I think I'm going to go with the Cavs. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cavs in that game. Sweet. It's a, it's a coin flip game for me, but I am going Hawks. And I did write about Darius Garland earlier today. Everyone can go check that out on SI.com. Basically his, his off ball, um, how, how threatening he is mm-hmm. off the ball, uh, something I've been watching all season and he could, you know, the contrast with Trey is really fascinating to me because everyone criticizes Trey for not, you know, coming off pin downs and utilizing cross screens and all that stuff. When, after he gives the ball up, Garland is kind of the opposite. He's closer to Steph in the way he, he functions, um, in an offense, uh, just running around a whole bunch. So I wrote about that and that should be fun. Something to keep an eye on as a preview. Um, But let's get into the series now, Rohan. Um, Do you want to start at the the top of the East with your guys, even though we do not know, this will be a quick conversation. Um, We do not know who Miami is playing either Atlanta or Cleveland. Uh, Real quick to kind of tee this series up, whoever the opponent is, Bam Adebayo is still in health and safety protocols. Hopefully he's okay. We don't know if he tested positive, if he's asymptomatic, if he's not feeling great. So hopefully he's he's wonderful and ready to go. He's one of the um, more exciting players. To you're nodding your head, of course. I agree. I'm um, just I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my shot to jump in here. I'm just you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> um, I appreciate the the discipline and the patience. Uh, so do I, I guess like what do you? Regardless, let's just talk about Miami for a couple minutes. Mm. Uh, how are you feeling about the Heat going into this series? Does it matter who they face? And uh, are you at all nervous about Bam's situation? I mean, we'll have to see what happens with Bam. I think tomorrow will be a better, you know, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, then I think it's really time to kind of turn the worry up. As far as the Heat go, I mean, I think neither Atlanta nor Cleveland is a good matchup for them. Uh, Cleveland's defense at full strength is going to give their half court offense trouble. 
they struggled with Cleveland early in the year. They did beat them the last time they played, uh, although Cleveland was missing some guys. Uh, Atlanta, you know, they had success against Atlanta this year. They were three and one against them at the same time. Uh, Trey can just go off and, and as much as the heat can switch and put bam on him, et cetera, like it, no one wants to play Trey in the playoffs. I, I mean, it's going to be an early test for the heat because I think they found something that was working better for them offensively down the stretch of the season, closing games with Max Struess alongside Tyler Hero. I still have my concerns about that holding up in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, in that sense, I think Cleveland's probably a little bit better matchup for them uh, because the Heat have an elite defense in their own right, particularly when Bam is on the floor. And I think they have more offensive firepower ultimately than Cleveland to win that series. Atlanta, on the other hand, you know, if Atlanta gets hot, can the Heat keep up? Uh, and can they survive kind of, you know, Trey calling out Hero on switches, Trey calling out Struess on switches? Uh, etc. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think the Heat, listen, at the end of the day, like there are going to be tough matchups in the playoffs. If you, if, if that's a team that kind of fashions themselves a contender, then, th- then this can't be the round that concerns you. But it'll be interesting. I picked Heat and seven if it's against the Hawks and, you know, my confidence in Atlanta is my confidence in Atlanta. Um, and I just, as we saw in their playing game against the Charlotte Hornets, who are not the Miami Heat at all um, on defense, but like Trey is just, he's just impossible. I don't like you just, there's nothing you can do with him. The Hawks said the number one half court offense in the entire NBA this season. Like he's just very, very special. So, um, there's only so much schematically you can do if Bam is not a hundred percent. That's very worrisome to me because Clint Capella has also played tremendous basketball over the past few weeks, and maybe John Collins does return, and then all of a sudden it's it's a very it's a competitive series. I'd still go with the Heat, I think, but oh, I pick um, Heat in five. I'll just throw that out there. Okay, you're a little bit more confident in them than I am. I, I think, I think they're going to really ratchet up the defensive pressure here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Bam is out, I wonder if we'll see a little bit more PJ at the five. Spo has not really done it at any point this season, but I, I think that that might be something they I, throw out there. I got to say, I don't think that that's going to happen because whether you're against Clint Capella um, and Akungwu or you're against the – just skyscrapers coming out of Cleveland. That's just not what you I, want. You're I still going to rebound could, the basketball. I could see it against Atlanta more so than Cleveland. I wouldn't see it against Cleveland. but And I don't think they'd start with it, but I think you could get away with it for stretches, uh, especially if the alternative is playing Yurtsevin. I don't think you're, <laughs> it's going to see the floor in the playoffs. Just a lot of Deadman. Yeah, I mean, just listen, forty-eight. Deadman's been a really, really good. I mean, he had a, he had a rough stretch post-All-Star break, but... For most of the season, I think he was one of the better backup bigs in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, if they could find a way to get Caleb Martin, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy, and Kyle all on the floor together against Atlanta uh, at certain points, if Bam is out, I think that's a defensive lineup that could work for them, especially against what Atlanta wants to do, which is kind of play outside it. Yeah, this will be a fun one eight. I think regardless, this is not this is not your Washington Wizards last year. It's not. That's what excites me about the first round is I think 
outside of the Suns, I think every team is going to kind of get uh, tested here. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. All right, Rohan, let's now uh, move on and talk about the uh, number two Boston Celtics and the number seven Brooklyn Nets. This is a highly anticipated first round series. Uh, and, you know, the Celtics just their bravery shone through on the last day of the regular <laughs> season when they played everyone. They were not afraid of the Nets. I just want to get that on the, <laughs> on the record. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, this is a really fascinating matchup. Uh, obviously, you have Kevin Durant, um, Kyrie Irving. But, like, for me, so I, I'll just say right off the top, like, I just think the Boston Celtics are a much better basketball team. Watch a lot of Brooklyn Nets, even after Kyrie came back and their offense is terrific, but I I just think defensively, they are going to have just a nightmarish time trying to slow down Boston's offense. Just what are your, what are your thoughts when you just, when you zoom out and just look at this, this matchup between these two teams? Shouldn't make sense for Brooklyn to have a chance in this series. I do think that the Rob Williams factor is a little bit of an issue here. I know that there are some reports that he might come back. I mean, who knows how effective he's going to be coming off the meniscus injury. But, I mean, it's just a weird series, man. There's a part of me that's like, you know, I said a couple weeks ago on this podcast, so I'd pick the heat against the Nets, like, there's now I'm just coming around to like the idea that I'm going to pick against Durant in any series just kind of feels insane. Um, it's a really weird one. It's a really weird one because I think the Nets have the best player and that best player can can enter a mode where he's so unstoppable. You just wonder what another team can do at the same time. And we saw when they played a couple of weeks ago in kind of that Sunday game, you know, Tatum was able to trade buckets with him. We know the Nets are going to have to play a lot of Seth Curry uh, maybe Dragic. They're, they're going to be guys that can be attacked defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think Bruce Brown is is playing some of the best basketball he's played all season. He's kind of peaking at the right time. That should help Brooklyn. I'm not counting on Ben Simmons at all. That's another weird factor in this series that they think Simmons could potentially return by game four, which just seems... I don't think he's going to play. That's my money's on him about. not playing. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know, man. It, it sounds really simplistic, but I'm just coming around to the idea of like, I don't know if I, I feel almost more stupid, even though I think Boston has been by far the best team in the East for this calendar year. It's not been close. 
I'd still almost feel more stupid picking against Durant than picking against that. And, and that's kind of what it's coming down to for me. So understandable to pick Durant and think he's wonderful. Uh, like over a seven game series, like if you can't get stops, you can't win. Like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, the margin for error for them is like, you know, 45 minutes a game. They're going to play between 80 combined for 80 and 90 minutes a game. Uh, they'd have to shoot like 60% from the field and uh, just be absolutely. They, they almost beat Milwaukee with that formula last year. Um, I mean, okay. Like, they were a different team defensively, I would say. They were. I think year. they were better defensively last year, and their defensive numbers in the playoffs were good. I mean, they're not it, playing Patty Mills. They're not playing um, Dragic. They're not playing Seth Curry. Like, just think about when the Celtics have. Uh, like, just think about the the individual post up matchups that can create, can that can force help. Like, Marcus Smart poke, posting up Seth Curry, Jalen Brown posting up Seth Curry, or Patty Mills. Um, Jason Tatum from we saw it in that game in in Boston where he's just attacking mismatches left and right. They're going to go at these guys over and over and over again and be confident doing it. And, you know, the like the the fact of the matter is that KD and Kyrie, um, a lot of the reason why Bruce Brown was so successful, particularly in that that play in game was the Cavaliers were forced to put two on the ball over and over and over again. Boston Celtics are not going to do that. They're going to live with contests in the mid-range because they have great individual defenders. So if Katie and Kyrie hit these shots for seven games in a seven-game series and win, like hats off to them, it'll for be sure. one of the most sure. Herculean efforts of all time. Um, I think the smart money, though, is on them not being able to do that simultaneously four times in seven tries against the best defense in the league and a team that has had the best offense in the league since January 1st. So I've got Celtics in five and I think it's going to be not that competitive of a series to be honest. Wow. I, I think it's going to be very competitive. I, I picked the nets in six. I, I just, I've decided you're picking the nets. I'm going down with Durant. Wow. I'm going down wow. with Durant. I'm picking Durant in every series he's alive in. I don't care the opponent. I've, that's just the decision I've made. The only team that would make me reconsider is the Bucks. But any other series, um, who do you think Brooklyn's best five is in this matchup? That's, I was trying to figure that out, and I have no, no, I was cursed. I have no idea. I have no stinking clue who their best five is in the series. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I hear you with picking Durant but like just to me the idea that Kevin Durant's gonna lose in the first round is so preposterous at the same time I'm with you like I think Boston has been I like runaway best team in the league for a long time um that's not They've debatable been very good that's They've been very so good it's I, I mean I do also we haven't seen them I think get really tested without rock and I just want to see how game one goes. I want to see how even the first half of game one goes, because that's going to be interesting. I don't want to downplay that. Um, but, yeah, who's Brooklyn's best five in this series? I mean, you've got lineups. Okay, so obviously KD, Kyrie. Um, you're going to have Bruce? to have a big – well, 
Okay. You're going to have to have a big who can roll. Maybe that's going to be, they're going to have that be Bruce Brown in crunch time, but I would think that either Drummond or Claxton could see a lot of minutes. Is LaMarcus going to play? Cause he was good for them actually this year. I don't, I don't think he's in, he's not in their rotation right now. You, I, um, I thought he was hurt. He's not going to be a factor in the series. Um, so you're either got Claxton or Drummond at the five as the rolling big who can kind of protect the rim a little bit that you need. Uh, you need a shooter like Curry or Patty. And then your fifth guy is going to be Bruce Brown probably. So you like just having like the non-shooter, like the fact that you have two non-shooters, like when we watched that, that Cleveland game, when you watch the Indiana Pacers and what was basically a must, not a must win, but a very important game in the regular season finale for Brooklyn, you're just leaving Bruce Brown like wide open. And I know he's mm-hmm. hitting these threes. That's just, if you're Boston, you're fine with that shot, especially because you are, you're athletic enough and you're long enough to, those are going to be wide open shots. Like they're going to be partially contested. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's a, it's, it's, it's not I, like, I just have a lot of respect for what Boston has done this season, how they play. I think it's not a great matchup for the Nets and it's like talent is great, but you can't get stops. Like if you can't get stops, you can't win a playoff series. That's what the NBA is all about. So no, I, I, you're making great points. Like I'm not, I'm not going to dispute any of what you're saying. Um, I do think it'll be a competitive series. I think it's going to be interesting. I think Katie and Kyrie will find a way to make it competitive. Um, yeah. I, I just struggle to think, I mean, is it going to be Patty, Bruce, Katie, Kyrie and Drummond? Can you get away with that? I mean, Seth's <laughs> got to be on the floor, right? It's just, Constructing lineups for them, gosh, this is a series where they could have really used last year's version of Simmons. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. You know what series is not going to be competitive? I'm just going to go out on a limb right now. The next one we're going to talk about. <laughs> Bucks um, Bulls. <laughs> Bucks Bulls. Uh, this is the only sweep that I predicted. In our, we did our this picks on SI.com. Sweep city. Sweep city. I have one stat for you. Chicago allows the highest shot frequency at the rim. Just like teams are just getting there at will. Milwaukee shoots 68% at the rim as a team, which is very good. And they have a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo on their roster. Uh, I just, I don't see any of these games, honestly. Like maybe they'll be close. I don't see anything close, bro. You can, you can argue for the, you know, game three, nip and tuck because of the energy in the building 
um, really close victory where Chris Middleton goes cold, Drew Holiday goes cold. You can see like the faint shadow of a chance <laughs> for Chicago in a Just game like the that. Embers of a of a yeah, yeah, but it's it's a not besides, fire. Yeah. <laughs> besides that, it's not looking good for the I mean, Bulls, yeah, unfortunately. The, no team has a quote unquote answer for Giannis, but few teams are as poorly equipped to defend Giannis as the Bulls, who just have a small front line, um, a just kind of a blocky center in Vucevic. Um it's yeah, it's not happening for them. They've just been on a major slide here. I mean, they've not been a good team now for the second half of the season. Um, and no Lonzo is going to hurt them a lot. That, that, that injury has just been really unfortunate. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see it happening for them. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a sweep. I don't think the series is going to be particularly close. If you're Chicago, quick question is what, what is the game plan? Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> How are you giving yourself a chance here? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I mean, what what are they going to do when a Chris Giannis pick and roll? Who is even guarding Giannis? Is it going to be Pat Williams? Like, okay, can I just say? I guess it'll it'll probably be Pat Williams. I mean, throw Caruso on him. I don't I don't know, but like the okay. So the one thing that intrigues me about Chicago that I'll say before we move on is that as we saw in the playoffs last year. Um, mid-range shooting, elite mid-range shooting is invaluable. Nobody shoots mid-range shots at the frequency and the accuracy that the Chicago Bulls do, primarily because they have DeMar DeRozan. So, the Bucks are going to be playing drop with Brooke. Yes, so obviously they will switch that coverage up um, if <laughs> DeMar they? gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> they, they, you know, they they switched quite a bit this year. They had to, yeah, um, yeah. but if you know, if if Brooke gets into foul trouble because he's playing a little closer to the to the screener and he's getting a little handsy, and Zach Levine and and DeRozan, who you know, they also draw a lot of fouls too. Um, I'm just trying to like paint a like the best case scenario for mm. the bulls is like these guys go ballistic in the areas of the court where the bucks are maybe vulnerable defensively, relatively speaking. I, I but I just, it's tough for me. Also, like I said earlier, drew going cold. He's been an amazing three point shooter this season. He was a very good three point shooter last year as well. And then in the playoffs kind of fell off a cliff. So I'm I'm interested he to see. He had some stinkers in the playoffs. He was working yeah. on like an all-time like, what if this guy hadn't sucked so much game in that game seven against Brooklyn last year? Then he hit a couple shots in the fourth, and you're like, oh, he just saved it. And then he started missing again in overtime. Like, uh, yeah, Drew had an, had some up and down moments in the playoffs, but like, you can't drop on him and pick and rolls. He will he will just pull up and fire. Like he's been lights out. Uh, shooting he he has been he was last year though so yeah. I, i'm just curious you never know it's all a small sample size yeah they're gonna have caruso on him i would assume um Desumu is going to play big minutes in this series i love him very much but it's mm-hmm. it's just a tough uphill battle for chicago unfortunately um okay let's move on this is 
I think my favorite first round series. This is my second favorite first round series. I think it's the most fun one, but not the most entertaining one. Overall or in the Eastern Conference? In the Eastern Conference. It's the most okay. fun Eastern yes. Conference series. So it is the number four Philadelphia 76ers versus the number five Toronto Raptors. Uh, I went back in. One of the, the, the most intriguing things about this series for me is how Toronto defends the James Harden, Joel mm-hmm. Embiid pick and roll. Because not a lot of teams can do what Toronto has done, which is, you know, they don't hesitate to switch. They'll have Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes start the possession on Harden, and they'll have Precious or Kem Birch. Or, yeah, primarily those two on Embiid and they'll switch. Or they'll have, they just do so many different things. They'll have. Go uh, Siakam on harder. Let Siakam switch on to Embiid. Yeah. It, sure. And yeah. when we say like switching on to Embiid, you'll do it. And then as soon as he catches an entry pass, they swarm him. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the numbers, the post up numbers for Embiid, he does not get shots off a lot of shots off out of the pick and roll um, relative to other opponents when he was facing off against the Toronto Raptors. So I think that that is a really interesting matchup. Nick's nurse. I don't think he has a lot of respect for Harden as a scorer, <laughs> um, which is fascinating because if I mean, you just, if you, if you play him like Popovich used to like, where it's just like, okay, we're gonna let, we're gonna give you the runway. You come in, you meet a big at the rim, and we're not gonna foul you. And we'll, you got to finish over you, over a contest. That's you, what you're there, gonna do. There's Can two, you do it? There's two things that are. This is such a good series, Mike. This is why I'm so excited for the playoffs to begin. So first of all, you have Harden, who you've never been more comfortable with at this point in his career, guarding one on one, right? You know, Harden was always targeting ISOs, et cetera. You know, he puts guys on an island. As a defense, you've never been more comfortable with it than you are now because he's not blowing by guys like he used to. You remember Harden of even two years ago, he'd get someone on a switch and he'd immediately blow by them and he'd finish with that nasty left-hand dunk in the lane. Like, he was an underrated dunker with how good he was at that blow-by. He doesn't have that anymore. We haven't seen him do that in a long time. So, Toronto can be switchy and they can say, let's go one-on-one with Harden. And if you're Toronto, I think every time Harden goes one-on-one and every time Embiid doesn't post up, it's a win Win. for you. It's a win. It's a win. win. That's what I'm so fascinated. I'm already thinking of my opening up my notebook uh, for that game one and just writing down how many times Embiid posts up in a quarter. Because to me, every time he doesn't post up against Toronto, it's a win for Philly. I'm with you. And I think that switch and swarm thing uh, can be effective. An interesting aspect, though, with the Tybal being out for the games in Toronto, the Sixers theoretically going to replace him with the shooter. I mean, I know Danny Green is not 2013 NBA Finals Danny Green. Uh, you still respect him on the perimeter way more than you respect Matisse. Uh, that makes the doubling, I think, a little bit more difficult. It's just going to be very interesting because Toronto's going to want to play fast. They're going to play, play switchy. They're going to throw junk defenses at the Sixers. Um, the Sixers are going to be at their best when their two best players are able to slow it down in the half court. Man, it's going to be fascinating. I'm just, I, 
I'm really excited to see how many times Embiid actually posts up in game one, because every time he doesn't, I think it's a huge win for Toronto. Yeah, it's a great point about Matisse because in that last game in Toronto that he was not able to play in because he refuses to get vaccinated against a disease that's killed millions of people. Um, the but Mike, hundreds of athletes are dropping dead on the field true. because of the vaccine, according to famed scientist John Stockton. It's true. Yeah, important point to to bring up and mention. <laughs> yeah. um, but Siakam, they put Siakam on. Uh, on Danny Green, and he was still very uh, aggressive. In yeah, but didn't Danny Green helping. hit like six threes in that game? <laughs> he did, and that's a bet that I think Nick Nurse He'll is take, willing yeah. to take. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think that the matchup is is fascinating. I I'm picking Raptors in six, and I'm pretty confident that they will win this series. I do not um, I do not have faith in the supporting cast. Uh, Joel Embiid's supporting cast. I like Maxi. Um, I think Tobias Harris actually played okay and gotten more comfortable in his role. I wrote about this a little bit earlier this week, but Philadelphia just has questions in their rotation that uh, I well, don't a, know. That's a great piece. That's important bringing up because I I, I mentioned this as well, and, and something I wrote recently. But they've been really bad in their stars, quote unquote, solo minutes. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't been good with Justin Bede on the floor. They haven't been good with just Harden on the floor. Those guys are going to have to play a heavy load this entire run. I just kind of think – I think Philly's a year away from being a true title contender. I just came back to – Embiid has been, at worst, the third best player in the NBA this season. And I know it's become kind of in vogue to pick Toronto. And there are good reasons to pick the Raptors in this series. I think we're both really excited about him. But I think I'm going Philly and six. Philly and six. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow. Or maybe I picked Philly and seven. I think they're going to win Game Seven at home. Uh. <laughs> I. Okay. I. I hmm. I, it's like I'm almost flabbergasted as to someone picking Philly, and maybe I. I I'm. I don't mean to be disrespectful. To uh, in all honesty, like. Philadelphia has a guy who will finish probably second for MVP. That's what I'm saying. I do think as much as I'm like, it's, it is possible that they are able to grind the game down with Embiid. Like it is, they can throw him in the post and foul out like three players in the Raptors front court. Like, I think that that is also a strong possibility. Um, And I, I feel like we're downplaying that a little bit as much as Toronto has a great defense. They're well connected. They're going to swarm. They're going to switch. They still have nobody who can guard and beat. So one quick stat, the Raptors finished 20th in defensive free throw rate. I wonder if they can defend without fouling. And they've also forced a ton of turnovers. I think they led the NBA in forced turnovers. So when you are doubling Embiid, can you do so? Can you like frustrate him without fouling? I think is a really interesting mm-hmm. little battle within the war for for Toronto and whether or not they can prevail, but I think it's going to be a competitive. Series, I think it's going to be I, a I fantastic think... series. And I, I'm not, I don't think picking Toronto is crazy. I just am, you know, I, I just went this whole season being like, no team has an answer for Embiid. And to me, the idea that a team with a particularly small front line, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible for them to knock him out. Like they've been really good. And their, their record when OG and Anobi plays is crazy. 
Um, yeah, I just I think Embiid is gonna put his imprint on this series. I mean, he bet he has to. That's their that's the only way they're gonna win. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Let's move on to the Western Conference now. Um, the top of the bracket, Phoenix Suns, number one seed, just an absolute juggernaut, rolled through everybody. They will be facing off, as we we, we talked about earlier at the top of this conversation, um, the winner of tonight's Clippers-Pelicans game. I, I have so, the Suns in four against okay. whoever they play. <laughs> okay. I have a little more... Um, a little more respect for the Clippers than that and wrote about this last week, or I forget. I remember what I recently wrote about this. Um, I, if it's the Clippers, I think it's going to be a long series. I really do. And this all, obviously Paul George factors into this as well, but having Norm Powell back, who's looked great. Robert Covington looks fantastic. I, I mean, I, I talk about the Clippers all the time, all the different ways they can play. Um, they're t- basically 12 deep, 11 deep. And they were competitive against the Suns last year in the Western Conference Finals without Powell, without, and I understand the Suns roster isn't the exact same either. And Chris Paul missed the first two games of that series. But yes, very fair. Um, game two, an absolute travesty, <laughs> but we can, we don't need to yeah. we don't need to relitigate the series. Um, but I'm ultimately going with the Suns. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm not a total idiot. Um, I will say real quick about the Suns because there's not they're not that interesting to talk about in terms of the X's and O's right now. But I wrote in our we did this little roundtable uh, today about teams that have the most pressure coming into the playoffs. I think a lot of people would pick Philadelphia for that answer. I didn't look to see actually who our colleagues selected. I picked Philly for sure. Right. I think I picked the Jazz. They're just yeah. There's no more pressure. It's all over. <laughs> it's already done. Um, yeah, exactly. But I'm going Phoenix, and I went. I went with Phoenix, and I wrote about how this is this is it. Honestly, yeah. like this is championship windows. Are you, you can't expect Chris Paul to keep doing this. Yes, he turns 37 years old in three weeks. We don't know DeAndre Ayton's status. If you max out DeAndre Ayton, you're in the tax. We know their ownership situation. I am. <laughs> we also nervous. don't even know their ownership situation, yeah, to be honest. Very, very good point. Um, so I. Yeah, so I think that there's just like you factor in 
the age of Paul, who is very critical. All respect to Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, who, by the way, is going to need a new contract as well. And the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers and all these other teams that are just rising, mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies. I'll even throw like the Minnesota Timberwolves in there. I don't care. You can laugh at me. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to do that. They're, these teams are rising. And uh, I think it's just going to be a much more competitive conference next season and getting through four playoff series. No, will that's be a great point. Treacherous. That's a great point. The West is going to be on another level next year. So I agree. It's a little bit of a do or die season for Phoenix. I just think they're so good. I don't think they're feeling the pressure, to be honest. And I don't think they will until maybe they're down a game in a series. But I have a lot of faith in them. They've been a machine, um, well-coached, incredibly well-prepared, just a buzzsaw when healthy. Um, you know, I have a piece coming out about DeAndre Ayton that I'm, that I'm really excited about. And just – it's not just Chris Paul – kind of steering that ship. I think that they've cultivated something greater than that. And between Bridges, between Johnson, between Booker, Aiton, like they campaign even, like they have a really, really good team. Yes. Um, So we both like Phoenix ultimately in this series. Um, Okay, next up, speaking of the Timberwolves, speaking of the Grizzlies, we have the number two Memphis Grizzlies against the number seven Minnesota Timberwolves. This series is going to be sick. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. I, I can't. I, did I say that the Sixers? I don't know. There's a lot of matchups I, I'm a yeah. big fan of, but this one is like, uh, there will be a fight. There's and- going to be. <laughs> I, I wrote. I wrote in my entertainment rankings. This this series is going to have like a a dust up or a hold me back every night. <laughs> like every night, there's going to be a scrum where the refs are getting in the middle, and Kevin Harlan is like, oh, <laughs> you know, there's going to be one of those every night. Yes. Um, so you, you you had you gave me zero reaction to my Kevin Harlan impression. None. I'm just sorry. De- just dead. Do you want to do it again? Do you want to no, do it again? You, just, you could have sold it. You just de- just just it just washed over you. There was nothing there. Sorry. It was very Elizabeth Holmes of you. It was just wow. Okay, that was that was uh, that was below the belt. Um, <laughs> okay, so. The matchup here is very interesting. Um, I think, I think obviously the Grizzlies are favored. We should say off the top, but the the way the Timberwolves carry themselves and <laughs> how they both kind of exude this confidence and this arrogance as young teams on the rise, looking at the Western Conference that potentially is is going to be open over the next few years. Like the storylines kind of write themselves and are fascinating. I, I think it's really interesting how we, we talked about Memphis and people who are skeptical about Memphis have said for weeks that, you know, you're not going to be able to just grab every offensive rebound. The fact that you don't make shots Mm -hmm. um, are not a great shooting team. All that stuff is like, look, uh, (laughs) the, the, the the Timberwolves are maybe the worst defensive rebounding team in the league. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not just going to say because it's the postseason that the Memphis Grizzlies won't eat on the offensive glass and have a million second chance points. That's totally a possibility. Um, but defensively, both these teams are just super aggressive, force a ton of turnovers, love to run. And, 
forget about just like the the Patrick Beverly trash talk and whether or not someone's going to take a swing at somebody else. <laughs> I just think like the the uh, the way these two teams fly around on defense and wreak havoc and have a, had so much success doing so all year, like just the style of play is going to like if you're just if you're if you're introducing the NBA to someone who doesn't understand basketball, doesn't know any of the characters or anything. And you're just like, watch this sport. This series is the, the series you want to show them because it's going to be so entertaining. Such a thrill ride. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a ton of fun. And just like you said, the emerging stars between Ant-Man, Bane, Towns, Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how Memphis – you know, do they put Adams on Towns to start the game? Do they put Jackson on Towns to start the game? Um, kind of how they're going to try to defend Cat. Can I just uh, can I cut you off real quick? Please. Um, I do. That's a fascinating question because uh, you don't want Stephen Adams playing in space, but at the same time, you don't want Jaron Jackson picking up three fouls in nine boom. minutes. Boom! That's bingo. <laughs> That's the one the one part of why I didn't pick him number one for defensive player. Doesn't of the he year. still play under 30 minutes a game? He it's it's I think he averaged for the season 27, and a part of that is because they were blowing everybody out left and mm-hmm. right. But a part of that is because he plays late in games with fouls, like yeah. three fouls in the third quarter, four fouls in the third quarter. Um there's numbers right there that, that, that back that up, which is really and difficult. And that's an improvement for him. Like, <laughs> right. So yeah. they want to keep him out of foul trouble, obviously. And cat loves contact. Um, sometimes mm. it doesn't go for him. Don't go, go great for him. Um, and their coaching staff has repeatedly been like, watch out for offensive fouls. And he's steadily improved. But as we saw in the play and, Sometimes that playing game can't. was rough, man. It was a very rough game for him. I, I mean, people are clowning on him, but I mean, shout out to LA. That's they had a game plan and they executed it to perfection. Sometimes the other team does a good job, you know. Yeah, I'm also just not. Um, I don't think I'll ever be on the like the people who criticize Cat real quick, like these are the same people who criticized Devin Booker two years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's like the, the good stats, bad team um, skepticism is just something I feel like we should evolve from as a basketball watching and analyzing society. Like clearly so you this, think, so you think this player impacts, you think Jeremy Grant <laughs> just needs Chris Paul. <laughs> Yo, next year, Jeremy Grant's going to be with Dame Lillard yeah, yeah. and Western Conference Finals. Here we go. Um, no, but like clearly when you're uh, uh, when you are your team is so much better with you on the floor offensively every single year. Like it's just not a coincidence. I'm sorry. He's he's a winning player. Um, hasn't had a lot of opportunity in the playoffs because he's played for one of the most dysfunctional franchises in league history. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to perform in this series. I really do. And create a lot of mismatches and a lot of difficulty for the Memphis Grizzlies defense. And I have Grizzlies in seven ultimately, but I think it's going to be a very fun. I I picked the Grizz in seven as well, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be great. (laughs) We might even get a suspension or two. Like nothing is off the table here. 
There will be um, fines. I'll say there, yeah. there will definitely be fines. Absolutely. At Pat Bev going against Jaw. That first possession they're matched up is just going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. I can't he wait. He will, Pat Beverly, I'm calling right now. He will pick up his first foul in the series in the first 45 seconds of the series. <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet my life savings on that. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, a series that not a lot of people are talking about. But it could and- be interesting. It could be interesting if you are if you are uh, believers in Nikola Jokic, like I am, and I believe you are as well. But it's the number three Golden State Warriors versus the number six Denver Nuggets. Uh, I had a really difficult time, honestly, picking a winner here. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Steph Curry's health, and he is going to play in Game One, I believe, and he's good to go. But we have not seen the the lineups that you would think um, Steve Kerr would have a desire to play in a postseason series. We, they just haven't been on mm-hmm. like all season long yeah, and so all last season long. Yeah, <laughs> so, we basically haven't seen Steph Clay and Dre together in for all intents and purposes since the 2019 Finals. Yeah, um, and Poole, we haven't seen them with Jordan Poole. We haven't seen them with Wiggins. Right. We don't know if Poole will start. We don't know um, how many. They're a mystery. Would... Yeah. Exactly. So there. I think Steve Kerr said this the other day. It's like it's weird to go into the playoffs without like championship expectations. They haven't had to do that in a very very long time. But all due respect to Steph, like Steph can get hot. And just this could be a quick series. If he is the Steph Curry of um, of uh, November uh, and December, like it's kind of yeah. a wrap because there's nothing you can do. Yes. Uh, um, also, both these teams are awful when their best player doesn't play. But I think the Warriors can be less awful just because of Clay and Poole. I don't think Denver has that, has those guys. When I came to picking the series, I just don't think Denver has the firepower outside of Jokic to keep up um, because Poole and Clay can get hot in ways that I don't think any of the Denver supporting cast can. I think if Denver had Jamal, not even Michael Porter, if they just had Jamal, I think I'm picking Denver in this series because I also think Jokic is going to eat against Looney or Draymond. I mean, Looney does a pr- pretty decent job, all things considered. But like, if it's Draymond one-on-one, I think Jokic is going to win that matchup. And if the Warriors win the double, he's going to win the doubles also. So it's going to be interesting, but I just think Denver with where they are, with the guys missing, I don't think they can pull it off unless Steph is really, really kind of not a hundred percent. He's going to have to be significantly, I think, hampered for well, Denver to have a chance. He's going to be on a allegedly coming off the bench. I don't really believe that. Uh, I don't, I don't believe that one either. I'll believe that when I see it. Um, But uh, has a minutes restriction, at least in game one. And so much of what makes Steph Curry, Steph Curry is his conditioning, his ability to just run around uh, in offensive possessions when he doesn't have the ball. If you can't do that um, to the effectiveness uh, as effectively as, as uh, we've grown accustomed to seeing, then, um, they just become a much less effective offense, and that'll be interesting to see. And Denver's defense has also been kind of getting worse as the season has gone along. Mm-hmm. 
and opponents are shooting, I have this right in front of me here, 68.7% at the rim. Uh, and the Warriors shoot 69.9% at the rim, which is second best. Denver's defense at the rim is uh, worst in the league. So that's all based on cuts and uh, all that flurry of activity that, that Curry creates. Ooh, and, could also just steal a game. Like he could have a game where he's the best player on either team. Sure. So my pick for this series was actually, and I actually don't, I, I want to change it to be honest, but my pick is warriors in seven. I don't think it's going to go seven. Wow. Now that I'm, I'm like deeply, and I just have so much respect for Jokic, but like, it would just take these Herculean efforts from him. And I know their mm-hmm. bench has played a little bit better, but. Hmm. I do think Jokic is going to have a monster series because he always shows up in the playoffs. Can I ask you a question I've seen around the internet? I Maybe it's not particularly close. I don't think it's that close, but I'm curious what you'd say. Um, who do you have? Jordan Poole or Tyler Hero? Hero. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm not that I didn't really I don't really have to think about it that hard mm. even though I know that their numbers are I picked fool for most improved you which was maybe a heat check for me <laughs> no no that's not, I don't think so yeah. at all um we can have like a total like a 20 minute aside about most improved and just yeah. how it's <laughs> this like, is the most unpredictable award there's 15 ever. guys who could win it this year yeah I'm looking at other people's ballots and I'm like, uh, he did like everyone has a different, <laughs> yeah. everyone has a different guy. Um, yeah. but so no, I, I think pool actually, when I I'll say real quick under the hood stuff, when I wrote a column where I had to explain my picks, I, one of the first things I wrote was Jordan pool. Like I wrote a paragraph about why he's the most, imp- one of the going to be on the, my ballot. And I had to scrap it because as I was going along, I was like, he's not even going to be top three, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so he popped in my head as a strong yeah. candidate and he's great. And I know the numbers when he comes off the bench are very comparable, actually, to Tyler Hero's numbers for the for the season coming off the bench. So it's not a crazy comp at all. And pool is going, they're both going to make a lot of money. I think I think it'll be fascinating to see just the contract disparity between these two. Um, I think there was a report that Poole, if he has a big postseason, could be pushing a hundred mil. I, I, I don't know. What, uh, what contract would you offer Tyler Hero? Ooh, well, this just like gets into a big conversation about like Miami. If Miami disappoints in the playoffs, like what mm-hmm. you do with Jimmy? Um, uh, Jimmy's not like, going anywhere. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like you're you're getting up there in age and your payroll will be pretty hefty. Uh I just I think they have to commit to being like we have to figure out the next 3 years with Jimmy and then after that it's after that. But I don't think they're moving on for a multitude of reasons. Hmm. It's hmm. Listen, even if they disappoint and I've been on record saying that there's like five teams in the Eastern Conference that it's going to be a disappointment if they don't make the conference finals. Like, just think about the Heat were where they were before they got Jimmy Butler. Like, I don't think they're getting rid of him. Well, what if he is the one who instigates the movement, that's, which is that's always not a possibility? Happen. That's not okay. going to happen. <laughs> okay. um, uh, 
Because with Hero, I just keep coming back to that Mikhail Bridges contract, which is maybe one of the best contracts in the NBA from a team perspective. Like, think can so? you? I mean, I think he's a fantastic player. I think on a lot of teams he'd be like second best players, maybe a stretch, but he's more than just three and D. He he is. This is always a very fascinating contextual thought exercise where it's like, okay, but if he were, let's say, on, you know, he's in a just a perfect like, situation. You couldn't you couldn't but, but write you can, a script like, with a better situation for him. And I love Mikael Bridges, but if he were to be allowed to spread his wings in a different environment, um, I'm not going to say like Orlando because that's just like Detroit. If you, if you gave him to Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Okay. Let's, that's a good one. Let's just say he's instead of Jeremy Grant on that team. I think he, he has to assume the same responsibilities defensively and he's going to have more responsibilities offensively. And you know, the efficiency goes down. He's trying to shoot more off the bounce. It's just, it's just tricky. What's his playmaking like? You know what I mean? Can he elevate everybody else? It's a, he'll just have to be a completely different player. So where he is right now for the money. Yeah. They have, they had to pay him. I think it's a fair contract for both sides. Like that's more how I, I see what you're it. saying. It, it, he only makes sense on good teams. Let me put it that way. Let, let's, let's limit this discussion to both. These guys are playing for contenders because that's mm-hmm. the only context we've seen them in so far. Yes. Like I, if that's the case, I don't think you could give him a hero more than like a hundred million over four years. Let's say. I think Hero's definitely going to get a lot of money. Um, and if some team he's gonna, offered him I, I think a Hero, max, oh he, lord! I, I think they won't, they won't let him get to restricted. But I think Hero absolutely um, should get offered a max contract. No the way! Fun, I think the fun max is definitely on the table for him. Look, he's he's you're trolling. Now you're just trolling. I'm not. No, I think you you sell him short. I really I, I really do. Do think you think that. he should get a max? No, I think he will. Like, I, I think that that's um, like a lot. What do you think he should? Uh, <laughs> no, like I would, I would, I would honestly feel much more comfortable paying Tyler Hero the max than I would Miles Bridges. We had this conversation, yes. um, in a text thread. A different Bridges, just to be clear. We're now shifting. Yes, bridges. the other Bridges. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, look, like. I've personally value shot creation mm-hmm. and shot making, and he can do both of those things. Shot forty percent from behind the three point line. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, maybe I want to see that if that can hold up through this playoff run, because it did his rookie year. It didn't last year, and I want to see if that shot making, shot creation, which I think at times has been off the charts good, at other times has been overrated. I want to see how it holds up in this playoff run. I remember, did you say it on a podcast or was it a text where you said um, Tyler Hero needs to stop playing like Trey Young and needs to be more of a spot-up shooter? Do you recall making that statement or typing that statement out? I think I was more saying he can't, if he thinks he needs to play like Trey Young, that's like a long-term issue. (laughs) I don't think he should be a spot-up shooter, but uh role is going to be important for him. I think he can handle those responsibilities. I think when he said he was like Luca and Ja, um, that's wrong. 
I'll say that right now. That's not that's not who he is. That's the thing is he said he and I I understand why he's putting himself in the category. You don't you're not going to sell yourself short. I, I don't even have a problem with him saying that, but I don't think a team can him, employ him in the Trey role. I that usage would crush a lot of people. Trey's yes. very special. I agree, yes. but I think I mean he he leads the number one seed. I know there's a lot of noise here. He leads the number one seed in usage right now. A lot of noise. Who's creating that noise? Michael Pena is, okay? <laughs> in our text hey, I'm messages, just saying. there's a I'm lot of saying. noise here. Um, okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about, about this series, or can we move on to... <laughs> Somehow we got to Tyler Hero. I for, yeah, I was like, wait, are uh, we talking about the heat? <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun diversion. We need more of those. I, um, okay. No, I, I, I think I picked the Warriors... Um, yeah, it's going to be tough, but I hope Jokic has a good series because I think a lot of people are like, how can you give him back-to-back MVP? He's not a title favorite, et cetera. And just the discussion's gotten so out of hand. Like, Are you subtweeting any of our colleagues right now? I don't know that I am. Has one of our colleagues said that? I, 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 yes. And I had a conversation with this person in person um, and – it was not contentious, but it was. Uh, Who was it? Can you can we can you tell me? Well, t- I'll I'll tell you off off off. I mean, off it's gonna end. be. I mean, I think only one of our colleagues voted not for Jokic for MVP, right? Incorrect. That's not true. So we'll talk about this offline. Let's move <laughs> on to um, the last series, which honestly, I was very excited when I saw that this was a possibility. Oh, this is and a now bummer. it's like the. It's just a. I don't even know. It's Dude, a, it's the a, Mavs a whoopee cushion be, of a series. The, yeah, the Mavs have got to be just furious with themselves for putting Luca into that last game. I mean, obviously, there's no way you expect something like this, but I, I can't imagine how they feel right now. Stinks a lot. Um, we're talking about obviously number four Dallas Mavericks versus number five Utah Jazz. Uh, the one question here is obviously Luca's health. He's not going to play in game one. There's significant concern that he will not play in game two. I don't know if we're going to see him in the series at all. You don't want to risk him re-injuring the calf. You don't want to risk him, uh, heaven forbid, suffering an Achilles or another, uh, an even more serious injury that impacts next season and his career. So this is, you know, the question then just turns to, is this a cakewalk for Utah? Does Dallas still have a chance without Luka? And, you know, you look at some of the numbers, the on-off numbers have never been crazy in Luka's, like in, in, in terms of uh, dominant with him on the floor, struggling with him off. Luka doesn't really have those numbers. You would think that he does. Their offense is much better, obviously, um, when he's on the floor. But defensively... Can I, can I the, throw a stat at you? Yes, please do. Courtesy of our guy, Dan Devine, I just saw this. Uh, the Mavs scored a 119.9 points per 100 with Luke on the floor after the trade deadline. 108.7 per 100 with them off. So I do think that since they've hit their stride, it's grown even more stark. Which do is you... Do you have the defensive numbers though? Since the so their defense has been fantastic with or without him, but then you get into Utah has the number one offense. Like, as much as we've thrown dirt on Utah, they can score. 
it's going to be really interesting. I think the Jazz win this series. And I now I'm like, are the Jazz going to somehow use this Luka injury to springboard themselves? We we will eventually we should we will potentially have the Suns Jazz conversation. And <laughs> I got to be honest, that matchup is not great for Rudy Gobert. I'm a Rudy believer defensively. I do not think that that is why this team struggles. But, uh, but yeah, you don't want to be a Suns are not the matchup going, you want. You don't want to be a drop center going up against Chris Paul at the end of the day. Um. So, or a switch center. You just don't want to be going up against Chris Paul. Sure, that's that's very fair. Um, so for if you're Dallas, your defense has been really good. You still have Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson. These are playmaking ball handlers. You have two-way spacers with Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleber. You can go small, which is something that teams have done with success against Utah. Um and been able to, you know, guard the Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert pick and rolls and, uh, you know, switch those and not get killed at the rim. We're going to probably see a lot more Josh Green. I like Josh Green. He adds some some spice into their rotation and he's athletic. He's young. I just, I'm not willing to bury Dallas, honestly. And that's, that, uh, that, that's, that says a lot about, um, how well they've just looked and all mm-hmm. the, the pieces have fit kind of around Luca. And even when they're independent of him, how good they are, but it also speaks to, it's really hard to get behind the Utah jazz right now. Uh, it's very hard. I think if they're ever going to show something, it has to be with Luca out. They still have Donovan Mitchell who could have been all NBA this year. So close um, to making my all NBA team. Yeah. So I, I think Utah wins the series. I really do. I think they win it in six. I mean, if Luca's going to miss multiple games, especially if it's the first two and Dallas misses him at home, um, yeah, I, I think Utah, it's now or never for them, really. And they're never going to get a better opportunity than the other team. The thing about missing Luca is, too, is it's like he's so high usage. Everything they do is built around him But offensively. Can I, yes, but that makes game planning very difficult if you are – Quinn Snyder. It does. Like it does, but you also have the elements of an elite defense um when Gobert is on the floor. And beyond that, when you take away another team's Utah's weakness has always been their perimeter defenders can't stay in front of the, the other team's best perimeter players. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to stay in front of as good as he's been, Spencer Dinwiddie than Luka Doncic. Uh, yes, that's why they like, pay you the big bucks. Exactly. It just, it just, <laughs> it just, I just think it's a lot of things are playing into Utah's hands here. Um, look, I picked jazz and six as well, but I will say <laughs> if I'm just saying like, if there is a, you know, it's game two and the jazz are up 15 going to the fourth and they lose, it's like, okay, what are we, what's if, going on? If I, that happens, they're going to get swept the rest it's of the just way. Like, You're not coming and, back from that. Uh, honestly, scenarios like that are just really hard. We saw so many of those games in the past month. It's really hard to shake. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich said that there was some secret weapon that they were saving for the playoffs. That I was weird. Love, that was weird. I would love to know what that is. Um, 
I want it to be Rudy handling the ball and picking Rudy rolls. shooting threes, stretch five, Rudy. This is what I want. Um, desperately, but I, I just don't, I don't, this series like depresses me and, uh, it is really fascinating how, like, I just gotta say like the path that Phoenix has is they got a good path. I know we're not talking about Phoenix, but Phoenix, if you get hampered Luca or you get this jazz team, that's a really good matchup for you. Uh, just, it's, it's just really fascinating. Um, so, so yeah, we're both picking Utah. That's cool. Um, <laughs> that's that's So that's every playoff series that we covered. Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm very <laughs> much looking forward to, to tomorrow. Um, and this was fun. Did you have fun with me? Yeah, Rohan? I had a great time. I'm glad we got to do this. Herring just texted us right now. Like it's all cool. Um, yeah. Should we read Herring's? What is <laughs> we Herring can't. Text? It's not safe for work. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, Rohan, thank you so much. Thank you so much to our listeners um for being wonderful and please i know we did not answer any emails on today's show but we were just so jam-packed previewing the playoffs but please keep the emails coming openfloormail at gmail.com that's openfloormail at gmail.com um until next time everybody please stay safe everybody enjoy the nba playoffs From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.